In today's show, we're here to look at all of the injury news across the NBA. Michael Bolton, if you're healthy, just say thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk injuries, go through all teams, and thankfully, fingers crossed, thankfully the COVID outbreaks are really on the decline. There's not that many anymore. So the 10-day hardship section of the season appears to be over. Maybe it comes back, I don't know. But we seem to have gotten past the worst of things now. Let's look at the Atlanta Hawks. Doesn't mean there's not injuries. The Atlanta Hawks, look at them. Um, Clint Capella. Out with uh, an ankle injury last game. We don't know about his status moving forward. Well, actually, what we know is that he is questionable moving forward. Anyekara Kongwu is the guy to have. I'd even hold a Kongwu for the first game that Capella is back and seeing what the minutes looks like. Because the game before Capella hurt his ankle, it was 26-22 minutes. So I would hold Onyeka there. The big update, though, is Deonre Hunter is ready to return. It looks like he has been listed questionable for Wednesday's game. I don't think that he is any sort of a must-add player. Right, He was not a 12-team league guy before he got hurt. And what the impact of he that he's going to have, it's going to impact the minutes of Gallinari and Wright. But more importantly, the minutes of Bogdan Bogdanovich and the production of Bogdan Bogdanovich, the production and minutes of Kevin Herter, and the production and minutes of Cameron Reddish. Reddish is at the moment dealing with an ankle problem, and he's been in and out of lineups and has only played 16 combined minutes the last two games. I think that Reddish is nowhere near a 12-team league player. I don't think Hunter is. And to be honest, I think Bogdanovich, Herder, Hunter, and Reddish will all be, at best, fringe 12-team league guys, and none of them be must-roster players. Gorgie Jeng also working his way back from COVID. He is questionable with conditioning, but if Capella plays, Jeng's not in the rotation, and if he does play, then he'll just be the backup behind Onyeka Okongwu. For the Boston Celtics... Marcus Smart, last game, they said, oh, he's probable to return with a thigh contusion. And then two minutes later, said, nah, actually not coming back. So we're a little bit concerned there about what that means moving forward. Thigh contusion generally isn't anything to worry about unless you're Kevin Porter and you injure it 17 times in a year and miss 30 games. Hopefully it's nothing like that. But for Smart, it is, uh, you know, if he's out, then we're looking at Dennis Schroeder to step into that role and again, put up good numbers. Peyton Pritchard, the only other player out for the Celtics at the moment. He is questionable coming back from COVID. He has missed the last four games. There was a stage where he was taking minutes away from Schroeder. But prior to getting COVID, he'd played 13 and 11 minutes. So yeah, his impact is going to be pretty small on a team that is looking pretty healthy at the moment. The Brooklyn Nets. James Harden sat out last game with a hyperextended left knee. The Nets don't appear to be too worried about this. 
it was just, it, it looked to me like it was a little bit sore. It was a back-to-back and it was a glorified rest day. I don't expect Harden to miss any time here. Joe Harris is probably about a week to two weeks away from returning, but he will not be a 12-team league player, I don't think, with Kyrie in and out, with Paddy Mills stepping up, Harris already just being a, a fringe guy as a three-point streamer anyway. I don't think we should be looking to stash or add him in 12-team formats. Last game on Monday, Claxton left the game with hamstring tightness. He played just 13 minutes. That wasn't just hamstring. That was foul trouble as well. It was the second half that he left with the hamstring. If he is out, and we know that LaMarcus Aldridge is out on Wednesday... Um, well, we already know that LaMarcus Aldridge is out. If Claxton's out also, then Dayron Sharp is a really interesting player. 24 minutes last game for Sharpie. They could give some minutes there to Blake Griffin, but Sharp was the guy that really stood up. And then Kyrie Irving hurt his ankle, played through it on Portland uh, in, in Portland, um, is officially probable at the moment with this ankle problem. He, he claims he's going to play on Wednesday, of course. After that, he doesn't play the next two games. And then there is a big string of games that he does play four in a row next week. In fact, next week's the big Kyrie week. It's uh, four games for the Nets and four games for Kyrie. So uh, he should be right for this game on Wednesday against the Bulls on that play where he was pretty vocal in calling out Nasir Little. Um, And to be honest here, most of the time I don't have a problem with players diving for the ball and those sort of situations. But I, I I wasn't super great. I don't think Little did anything to hurt him. I don't think he was deliberately going at him. But... With like two seconds on the shot clock, um, diving out of bounds to get the ball at the halfway line, um, it probably doesn't have any chance of being a positive outcome in terms of for your team or that risk of injury. So I I get Kyrie's frustration. I definitely don't think that there's any reason to call him out uh, in the media because it wasn't deliberately an attempt to hurt him or anything along those lines. But maybe it wasn't a necessary action from Nasir Little there. Let's look at the Charlotte Hornets again. Like a lot of these teams, things are looking better. They've got two players currently in the COVID protocols. One of those is Kelly Oubre Jr., who missed Monday's game, probably misses the rest of this week and comes back next Monday, would be my guess. And then Vernon Carey Jr., who's been out for five games. He's going to be out on Wednesday, but who cares in terms of uh, basketball or fantasy-related stuff? Health-wise, we hope he's all right. Um, basketball-related stuff, he doesn't play anyway. Um, Oubre missing the next two. That boosts Cody Martin. It should theoretically boost Jalen McDaniels, but McDaniels played 10 minutes last game. So that was a little bit frustrating, but Cody Martin is the big, big winner there, I think, as a short-term stream option for this Charlotte Hornets squad. But if you're looking to short-term stream some money, that's a terrible segue, but Price Picks is a great option. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out, I don't know what you're doing. You're missing out. This is the best way to be playing daily fantasy. And unlike other NBA DFS prop operators, Price Picks has everyone. It has your Vernon Carries. It has your Lamello Balls. It has your Clint Capellas. It has your Skylar Mazes, studs, bench guys, whoever. And all you do is you get their projections, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, threes, fantasy points, whatever. And you look at the number and you go, I'll take under that or I'll take over that. How simple. So go sign up, use the promo code NBA, and you get a deposit match up to $100. 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the way you set a lineup, you get two to five players and their individual prop. You pick what it is. Steph Curry over under points. Clay Thompson over under rebounds. Um, Yusuf Nurkic over under blocks. Stick them together up to five entries and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. Entries are easy and fast. Withdrawals are safe and easy. It really couldn't get any better. The, the app is an award-winning app as well. Or you can just go to pricepicks.com. So go there, pricepicks.com. Use the code NBA or go to that app store and download the app. Pricepix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing prize picks, you honestly don't know what you're missing. 
I misread that copy. Then I thought it said, um, if you're not playing price picks, you honestly don't know what you're talking about. I went, all right. It's an aggressive marketing slogan, but sure. Let's look at the Chicago Bulls. Alex Caruso still dealing with the after effects of COVID slash the foot sprain that he had. He will be out again on Tuesday. He has not played since hurting his foot on the 20th of December. You would have to assume that, well, maybe not Wednesday, but maybe the Friday game against the Warriors that he returns. There could be, there's a chance he is back on Wednesday, but um, you would think Friday is looking more likely for Caruso. Javante Green, well, with Caruso out, obviously Kobe White gets that boost. Ayodele in deeper leagues gets a boost, and it helps that Javante Green is out. I'm not expecting Green back until probably the end of January with his groin injury. I don't know whether they'll go back to starting Green, or will they start Caruso, or will they continue starting Derek Jones? A lot of options there for Billy Donovan. Green's not anywhere near a fantasy option, obviously. And we have um, a bloke by the name of Tyler Cook, who is out with an ankle problem. That's cool. He's not going to get any playing time anyway. And Patrick Williams, even though the NBA did deny the Bulls' request for a, a hardship exemption, because uh, disabled player exemption, sorry, meaning that the NBA said it wasn't probable that he would be out for the season, that means uh, through the NBA Finals. So I still don't think that he's returning in the regular season, but the NBA determined that this, there would be a chance that he'd be able to return in the playoffs at some point. So I don't think you know, him coming back in the regular season, and even if he did, I don't know what impact he'd be having anyway. Look at the Cavs. What a sexy injury report this is. No offense to Isaac Okora, but there's only one bloke on it, and that is Isaac Okora out with that elbow sprain. I'm not expecting Okora back this week. Probably looking into him back around the 19th where they play the Bulls or the 22nd against the Thunder would be my guess. And I do not think that Isaac Okoro is a 12-team league player. I do not think you should be stashing Isaac Okoro in 12-team leagues. And to be honest, I'm not even sure he's a 14-team league guy. He just is a very poor fantasy producer. With him out, they're starting Lamar Stevens. He's been getting okay minutes. It's been a bit over the place. 25, 17, 34, and 20. So all over the shop. Um, Rondo gets a boost. Obviously, if you're looking for assists, he can be of value. And then the discman Chetty Osmond's played 30 minutes in two of the last three games. And of course... The one game where he played 20 minutes was the game where I told you to stream him in. So that worked out pretty well for me. Love that one. Um, let's look at the Dallas Mavericks. And again, pretty nice looking injury report. It's unfortunate that Kristaps Porzingis is out with COVID again on Wednesday in the matchup against the Knicks. You would have to assume after being out, when did he catch COVID? 3rd of January. He rested on the 2nd. He caught it on the 3rd. Um, yeah, 14th, he should be back. That's 11 days. So it looks like he's had some symptoms and he's still working his way back. Luka Doncic is off the injury report, so that's good news with his ankle. Uh, Porzinga should be back Friday. Of course, with Porzingis out, Kleber is the stream option there. And then Willie Cauley-Stein still out for personal reasons. I they The, the uh, Mavericks want to sign Marquise Chris. They've signed him to their third, uh, third 10-day contract while Porzingis is out, but they're going to have to make a decision. And I think the decision is going to come down to they're waving Moses Brown or they're waving, I think... That's the, that's the obvious move, is that um, you know, one of those two guys ends up going so that uh, so that Moses Brown can be um, kept. Not Moses Brown, so Marquise Chris can be kept. Because they have been pretty impressed with what Chris is doing. Just an update on the Celtics, by the way. Marcus Smart is doubtful for Wednesday. So that just got updated as I'm recording this. So... Dennis Schroeder gets that big boost in that game. Peyton Pritchard has been upgraded to questionable as well. So he's going to get some minutes. But Schroeder is going to be the boost option there with the absence or the likely absence of Marcus Smart. Let's go to the Denver Nuggets. Farton Will Barton entered the COVID protocols and he's been upgraded to questionable already. 
So I'm guessing false negative, sorry, false positive. And while it had happened on an off day on Monday, he hasn't missed a single game. So against good news there, it hurts if you were trying to stream in Faku or Rivers or Highland. Not that they were high-priority blokes anyway, but it looks like Barton will be back. Marcus Howard's out with a knee injury. He's out for a while. Jamal Murray's out with an ACL injury. I know that we've seen warm-up things of him. I would not expect him back before March. My general rule of thumb on an ACL is 12 months with a hope of 11 months. And 11 months is the start of March for Jamal. And I just don't think that, you again, fantasy playoffs, that's right sort of when that occurs and is going to be limited on the way back. And is it worth burning a roster spot or an injured reserve slot for the next eight weeks, um, hoping that Murray can come back in fantasy playoffs and provide you the same value as Austin Rivers? Flacco Chancha has a fractured foot. He is cooked. There's no way he is playing again this season. Not that that matters particularly to the Nuggets, but just another player along with Dozier and Porter who are out for the season or yeah, basically out for the season. Let's look at the Detroit Pistons now. A lot of injuries on this team. One of the most injury hit at the moment. <clears throat> Not really getting much in terms of updates. The only update we appear to be getting on Jeremy Grant is that, yeah, every team wants to trade for him and he's the best player in the world and everyone wants him and what a, what a haul it would be for him to go. I do expect that they should explore trading him and I think there is a decent chance he is moved. Um, and I think if he does get moved, then his fantasy value actually drops pretty significantly because he went to Detroit so he could have this huge usage role. There is no good team in the world that's going, we need Jeremy Grant to be our number one option. It's just not going to happen, and his value is going to plummet. The big question with this team is Kali Linick, who's been out for weeks, months, with this MCL sprain. Um, I would have hoped he would have been returning pretty soon. At the moment, I've got him tentatively pegged for a return around the 18th or 19th of January, so about a week from now, but who knows? We're just not getting enough updates on him. When he does come back with Alf Stewart's struggles, with Jeremy Grant's absence, with Trey Lyles' Trey Lyles-ness, I think Olenek has an ability to be a 12-team league player. Is he stashable? Well, that's going to depend on your individual circumstances. Do you have open spots? Are you smashed with injuries? Are you top of the standings? Are you bottom of the standings? Like, so much of that is dependent. But I think the return is coming soon. Frank Jackson hurt his ankles and then went into COVID protocols. He probably has a chance of coming back end of the week. But with every other player returning, his you know, short-term value was, you know, that's rooted. Corey Joseph, <clears throat> after playing 24 and 25 minutes in his development role the last two games, he is doubtful for Tuesday with knee a knee contusion. That does hopefully open things up a little bit for Killian Hayes and for Saban Lee. We hope we get a little bit more out of Binger there. Saban Lee, that is. Um, Isaiah Livers. He's got a foot problem, barely played this season, and Chris Smith, their two-way guy, has an ACL. And again, I don't think we're going to see Chrissy Smith play at all this season. But what I do know is that Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Really simple stuff. We are in the new year. We're 10 days, 12 days. What is it? It's the 12th here into the new year, and we all want to change our body. We want to get fitter. We want to get faster. We want to get sexier. And if we're looking for a way to do that, just get rid of your sugary treats, your candy bars. These things are just jam-packed full of sugar, full of calories, full of fat. Whereas Built Bar, it's not. It's low in fat, it's low in carbs, it's low in sugar, it's low in calories, but it is high in protein and its DI is through the roof, the deliciousness index. Again, a term I made up, Built Bar, pay me for that if you want. The flavors are amazing. Cookies and cream, mint brownie, orange, raspberry, salted caramel, plus special edition ones that they're just smashing out time after time. These special edition flavors are so good. 
They should, should institute like a sneakers type app where you got to go into a raffle to win them. That's how good and rare these flavors are. So get your sugary treats, get that garbage out of here, get your boxes of Built Bar instead. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Load yourself up with boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. BetOnline wants to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue their march towards giving you all of the best betting options for the playoffs. College football season is done. Congratulations to the Bulldogs. In fact, it gives me at least one more opportunity to use this one. Doggies, doggies, doggies. Bark, bark, bark. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports wagering action for 2022. A new year, and that means a new updated desktop site. Or you can just use their mobile website as well. But when you do, make sure you use the code Locked On. That gives you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for the 2022 year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. I don't know why BetOnline is making a change there, not saying bet. Their name is called bet. And they're making me say wager. Wager. Does that sound classier? I don't know. Let's look at the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green hurt his calf in that warm-up before the Clay Thompson game. And he will be out again for this matchup against the Grizzlies. We always know that calves are a bit of a bastard. They can be a real pain to get right. So hopefully he is okay. And they have Otto Porter and the Dr. Gary Payton both questionable. Now, if Green is out, which he is... Porter would be the guy that would step up most likely, but unfortunately, Porter might be out. So that would mean we're looking at Juan Toscano Anderson. I don't think there's anything too significant here with Porter long-term, but he's only a stream option when someone like Draymond's out, it appears. And Peyton lost minutes with Clay back. Still got steals, and he still can be a steal streamer, but it's hard to get too excited for him as a 12-team league guy. Well, we're still weeks away, it appears, from James Wiseman returning. I would be... I would set the over-under for him returning at January 31st, and I'd probably take the over... Like maybe start of February that he's back and then he'll be very limited. This team is rolling. There's not they're not just carving out a thirty minute a night role or even a twenty five minute a night role for Jim Wiseman, would be my guess. So yeah, not a guy to hold on to. Thanks, Blunty. Um, on to the Houston Rockets. Last game, we had Eric Gordon sit out for a groin injury. I reckon we're going to hear that multiple times this year. I reckon Gordon's a huge, huge chance to be traded at the trade deadline, and that loses some of his value. He's just a fringe 12-team league guy anyway, uh, but at the moment, dealing with a groin injury. The delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He's still out, probably for the rest of this week, with an ankle problem. He hasn't played since injuring it against the Heat on uh, Christmas Eve. So we're talking probably two, two and a half weeks that he's going to be out for. And then when he comes back again, we just don't know when they're going to try to play him and Wood together more or you give him larger minutes. He is the biggest luxury that you can have. But if you can't afford a luxury, then you can't hold him. It literally might be not until March where he is playing 25 a night. And that's not even that many minutes because of the way that Houston is running things. The designer Armani Brooks is out still in the COVID protocols. I'm not even sure with a healthy team that there is a regular every night rotation role. Green, Porter, Matthews, and Christopher, to me, are the guards that get the minutes there and then throw Eric Gordon into that mix. And it's hard for me to see Brooks, who then be fighting with Augustin and Nwaba for those bench sort of uh, minutes. I don't think that he is any sort of long-term option. While Trevor and Queen, who has played well at times this season, he was out last game for personal issues. Um, and he looks like he would return Wednesday, but no guarantee he would even play there. I'm really worried about Malcolm Brogdon. Had an Achilles issue. 
<clears throat> went into COVID protocols, came out of COVID protocols and still has an Achilles issue. I'm really worried. Um, I don't know if he's coming back. Now, you know that I don't like the term injury prone. Malcolm Brogdon is injury prone. It is always, there's always something going on with his legs. It's Achilles this year. It'll be hamstring some year. It'll be ankle some year. Actually, it's not ankle. It's always soft tissue. It'll be hamstring, it'll be groin, it'll be hip adductor. There's always something with his lower body and the muscles. And it consistently happens. And it's a factor we just have... We just have to be aware of that, and he's aware of that, obviously, but there is some sort of issue with the way either his biomechanics, genetic structure of his muscles in the lower body, that something always happens. Not that an Achilles is a muscle, but it's a tendon, obviously, hence the name Achilles tendon. I'm really worried about what happens here with Brogo, and I'm really worried that with this soreness, that if he does return, that it blows up. That is a real worry to me. If I had Malcolm Brogdon and I could get a top 50 player back, and remember, he's like a top 35 guy when he's healthy. Even if I get a top 60 guy, I reckon I'd do it. I'm super worried. This is all gut feel, and it might not mean anything, but I am worried. Uh, Karis Levert should be back, you would hope, on Wednesday against the Celtics from COVID protocols. While Chris Duarte almost definitely will be back. He missed out on Monday uh, for birth of his child. It is uh, expected that he returns on Wednesday. Of course, that trio of players, when they come back, we don't know what this means for Lance Stevenson. Now, Stevenson, I thought, had signed a full-time contract. He has not. All he's signed is a 10-day hardship again. But again, the expectation is they'll sign him rest of the season. I honestly don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, some sort of flexibility bullshit, but let's let's be honest. They're going to sign him rest of the season. Um, and I don't think he's going to be a long-term 12-team league guy, Lance. Uh, TJ Warren, is his, uh, who knows? Like, he broke his foot January. Um, haven't heard anything recently to say when he's coming back. We expect him back towards the end of this month. But even when he does come back, like, what is he giving us? A pretty limited minute to be my guess. Gogo Badadze coming back from COVID and TJ McConnell, I think he is basically a non-factor uh, rest of the season. On to the uh, LA Clippers. The Duck, Luke Kennard, is still dealing with COVID. He is out for Tuesday. I think a return on Thursday is likely. But then you've got a Canard, Bledsoe, Man, Batum, Boston, um, Coffee combination. Too many bloody names to give enough minutes to anybody to be useful, I think. Paul George has the torn UCL. We're not expecting him to return before the end of January. I'd say probably all-star break for him with the risk that he doesn't come back at all. That's one to watch. Isaiah Hartenstein is still probably out for the rest of this week. Now, I do think that when Hartenstein does return and he's back at full health, he will be a 12-team league guy. And his upside is really high if he plays 30 minutes. But there's a 1% chance of him doing that. So while we could say it's a great stash for Hartenstein, he might, you might be stashing him to have the 100th, 110th ranked player. And is that really worth it? Probably not. I like him. I think he's really good. And I think if he got 30 minutes, he'd blow fantasy leagues apart. But he just won't. And while we wait for this injury, I, I don't really think it's worth holding. Justice Winslow is doing pretty well as a backup center, but he's in the COVID protocols now. So Serge Barker gets a reprieve there. And then we've got Kawhi Leonard and Jason Preston out long-term. Again, I do not expect Kawhi Leonard, despite the reports of him maybe returning ahead of schedule. Again, a schedule that we do not know what it is. Um, I don't expect Kawhi to be impacting fantasy leagues enough to be burning roster spots slash injured reserve slots at this point in the season. Yes, he might come back and play 25 minutes and that might make him the 80th ranked player there, but all of the lost opportunity cost of having that spot burnt for the next three months, it might not mean anything. So that's how I'd approach it. I totally do not have any negative things to say about people who would want to grab Kawhi or people who recommend grabbing Kawhi. 
absolutely fine. I can see that argument. For me, it's not there. I, I just I just wouldn't do it personally. And you don't have to take anything that I say as any sort of authority at all. I'm just giving you my opinion on how I view it and with some reasons uh, to back it up. Let's go to the Lakers. Their injury report has been long all season. And it's actually pretty short now. Anthony Davis, we saw some footage of him on court coming back from the MCL injury. This does not mean that he is coming back at any point soon. I still think we're looking three weeks at least. Yeah, February would be my expectation for Davis to come back. Some point in February, maybe he pushes it to the All-Star break. Whenever there's a knee injury timetable given, the re-evaluation time, I'm just going to give two weeks on top of it. That, that's my general rule. It works, it works out pretty well for me usually. And Kendrick Nunn, I don't know, man. Who knows with this bloke? When's he coming back? He hasn't played all year. He went in to have his ankle checked up and then went, actually, your knee's rooted. And can you just take the next four months off? What's the problem? I don't know. Knee? Something? Something's going on with the knee. I don't think that he is good enough to come in and just play all these minutes over Reeves Bradley, although Bradley's not good, or Malik Monk. And he is not a 12 or probably a 14-team league guy. He needed last season in Miami to even be a 12-team guy, fringe guy, for yeah, Butler to be out and for him to be the guy with all usage and all ball handling. All right, and when he played with other players, he just fades into the background because he's not a high-volume shooter. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good passer. He's not a good defender. Um... I don't think he's a good fantasy player in general, and the team is just not going to have that sort of role available for him, I don't believe. Let's go on to the Grizzlies. Some good news there. Steven Adams is on the way out of COVID protocols. I guess a false positive there. He's missed two games, but he is questionable for Tuesday's action. That Do they go back and start him is the question, I guess, um, next to Jackson, or do they go with the Anderson-Jackson front court? I think they'll go back and start Adams, and that will have an impact on Kyle Anderson. It will have an impact on Brando Clark. We'll see how that works. Dylan Brooks is out for weeks. All-star break is a possibility for him to return. That keeps Desmond Bain's value afloat. It should help DeAnthony Melton, although the last game it did not. Um, it's boosting the value of Zaire Williams, who played an astonishing 27 minutes. And playing Zaire Williams those minutes over DeAnthony Melton, I think he's pretty poor coaching, but that's what the Grizzlies do. And they're playing well, so it is hard to completely criticize them. Although, again, when you've got a player as good as Melton, um, you probably want to give him more than 18 minutes. If I added Melton, I will hold, but I get the frustrations. Eve Pons also in the COVID protocols. Here's a team with a big injury list, the Miami Heat. COVID-wise, they're okay. Um, Bam out of bio, it looks like his return's pretty close. Maybe next week we're looking out for Bam. Not far away. Dwayne Dedman, the Undertaker, he's back. Like, he's questionable to return on Wednesday. So what does this mean for big Omer Yatsevin, who's been excellent, excellent, We'll get a really interesting indication of how they're viewing Yurtseven when Deadman returns, which will be before Bam, it looks like. Do they just go and play 20 minutes apiece? Does Yurtseven play 30 and Deadman plays 12? Look, what are they going to do? And I, and I think once Bam comes back, Yurtseven's done. I cannot see. I know he's been rebounding at an insane level. I do not see him being able to maintain 12-team value. Jimmy Butler's out again with his ankle problem. Just consistently, he's injured. Always. Always something with this bloke. He's out on Wednesday again. Maybe he returns Friday. With him out, it's Struess. It's Vincent. It's Martin. All those guys get a boost. Dunk Robinson. But none of them, I think, are must-roster 12-team league players. Victor Oladipo absolutely is not worth burning a roster spot on. We don't know when he's back. February was always my initial guess, and there were some you know, rumors that he'd be back in November. And I just don't think he's going to be able to have a sizable enough role. So, yeah, don't worry about him. 
Casey Ockpala out with a wrist injury. Again, not a rotation guy in market. Marcus Garrett coming back from COVID is in his conditioning, while Vincent and Haslam are ready to return as well. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday out of COVID protocols, but dealing with ankle soreness. That's a worry. That's what kept Holiday out of the beginning of the season, that ankle problem. So we are a little bit concerned there, while George Hill and Grayson Allen should be ready to return. And with Hill and Allen, along with the return of DiVincenzo and Connaughton and the recent play of Matthews and Nwora, make all of them absolute disaster 12-team league players. Connaughton, Hill, Allen, DiVincenzo, Nwora, it's almost impossible for me to see any of those guys as 12-team league guys. In fact, I don't think there's any way they are. There's just too many names there. Someone will miss out. Maybe it's Matthews, maybe it's Nwora, but even the other guys will just limit themselves to 23, 24 minutes. Brook Lopez still out with a back injury. They have no other center apart from Bobby, Bobby Portis. They're playing Sandro Mamakalashvili in that position, like 10 minutes a night. Lopez, I wouldn't expect back until at the earliest after the All-Star break, but yeah, who knows? Here's a team that is pretty healthy, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think the other day when we talked about them, they were the only team who didn't have an injury. And now they do have one, and that's Patrick Beverly, who's missed the last two, but he is probable to return on Tuesday with that groin injury, and Leandro Bomaro is in the COVID protocols. Bormaro, not going to be any sort of rotation piece this season. With Beverly coming back, that's going to limit Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Noel, and Malik Beasley. Not that Beasley's been playing many minutes or playing well anyway. Another team with a pretty clean injury list. The problem is, is one of the blokes on there is their best player, Zion Williamson. Um, I, I am really not expecting him to play this season. If he does play, it's a surprise. But even if he does play, it's going to be heavily restricted. Really, really worried about his return and the way that this whole thing's been handled. He's not back before February. There's no way that's happening. If he is back, it's going to be March, I would guess. And Didi Lazada's suspension is over, so he can go back to, instead of sitting in his hotel room, he can go back to sitting on the bench in street clothes. For the New York Knicks, Kemba Walker, a knee injury. Well, wouldn't you know it, the guy with a bad knee playing for Tom Thibodeau didn't turn out too well. Kemba has missed the last six straight games with this knee problem after playing 40 minutes for three games in a row. And the question still remains, when he comes back, does he start? Or does he play off the bench? Because he has played exactly zero games coming off the bench this season. He's either started or been DNP'd. And if he gets DNP'd, then Burks gets that boost, quickly gets that boost. We've seen those guys put up okay numbers recently. I would be struggling to hold on to Kemba Walker uh, at the moment. Hello! Nerlens Noel still out for COVID. This must have been pretty bad. He's been out since before Christmas with COVID. He's in COVID conditioning at the moment, waiting to come back. But this must have been hitting pretty hard. When he comes back, obviously he just slides back. Well, not obviously. Most likely he slides into a backup role. I think Mitchie Robinson's taken the starting job back uh, over him though. And I don't think we're going to be, you know, really relying upon um, Noel to be a 12-team league option. I would be leaving him on the waiver wire. Derek Rose, dealing with an ankle problem, don't expect much of him this season. And would you believe it? They signed Ryan archer Jackano, and now he's injured. And they tried to sign him once and then couldn't, and then they've signed him again, and now he's injured. And he's not going to have an impact really in any league, is he? Let's go to the Thunder. Things looking pretty good there. A couple of COVID blokes, uh, the Oklahoma City Mudflap, Kenrich Williams and Isaiah Roby. Roby's probably got one or two more games to go. Williams just recently diagnosed, so he's going to be out a while. With Williams out, that boosts the value of Pokyashevsky, but it also helps Aaron Wiggins and Jeremiah Robinson Earl a bit. And maybe that means they can be 14-team league players. While with Roby out, they did re-sign uh, Olivier Saar as a, a hardship guy, and they brought in Mamadi Diakiti. Diakiti is an interesting player. Can put up good numbers. You know, not good enough to be a good player. But on a team that's not good, 
Just watch if there is any chance that they give some more minutes to Diakiti. He, he's an interesting guy. The Orlando Magic. Wendell Carter Jr. missed the last two and a half with a hamstring problem. We hope he's all right. He's officially questionable for Wednesday. We're not dropping him. We're holding him, and hopefully it's not a long-term thing. Um, just since I've recorded this, Mo Bumba's actually popped up on the injury report with a toe sprain. This bloke, man, it's been rough with him recently, hasn't it? Um, still a hold, but it's been rough. Markel Fultz still out with his ACL injury. There is hope that maybe he's back next week, but I wouldn't worry about him in 12-team leagues. The hope is also that Jalen Suggs can return next week, and he was starting to put it together before his thumb injury. But if he returns at a similar time to Fultz, I don't really know that there's going to be enough upside there in Suggs. I don't think he's worth a stash given how yeah, poorly he'd been performing. Jonathan Isaac is allegedly still an NBA player, allegedly still out with an ACL injury. Maybe he's too busy on his book tour. I'm not really sure what's happening with him. We haven't really got an update. There was some report that maybe was fake that he was returning soon. At this point, I believe it when I see it. I don't know how we can have... I don't know how you could have drafted John Isaac and still held him all season. Um, been out this long, there's going to be some restrictions. We know he's a really impactful player when he plays. But when? Like, when's it going to happen? If we start getting news, then sure, grab him. Because even in 27 minutes, he can be a top 100, top 80 player. That's true. But he'll miss a ton of time. He'll be on very limited minutes. And I think in the end, the trouble with it will just be more than it's worth. Michael Carter-Williams and Etuan Moore, pretty good signings in the offseason, those guys. Haven't played a single game all year, and we don't have any update or expectation of them playing anytime soon. So awesome that they've been able to burn roster spots on those blokes. On to the Philadelphia 76ers, Tyrese Maxey still um, dealing with COVID. He, there's a chance he's missed last four. There's a chance that he returns on Wednesday. Seth Curry dealing with the ankle. He's had ankle problems all season, in and out of lineups and soreness. He missed Monday's game against the Rockets. I do expect Seth to return on Wednesday, but it's something that could pop up during the season. And Shake Milton's missed the last three with a back problem after a hard fall against the Rockets um, on January 3rd. Milton, yeah, obviously those three guys, all similar guys, Maxi, Curry, Milton. So all of them being out opens the minutes for Furkan Korkmaz and Isaiah Joe. If one of those returns before the other two, then there is a big boost in their value because the minutes, especially someone like Shake, who'd be a 22-minute-a-night guy, if he returns before Maxi and Curry, there's a chance he could be a 27-minute guy for a week or so if those guys are still going to be out long-term, which I don't really expect. Paul Reed and the package, Jaden Springer. They are both out with COVID while Ben Simmons is just chilling. And I don't expect him to play for the Sixers at all this season. Do I expect him to be traded? Yes, I do. Yeah, but I'm particularly confident and I have absolutely no idea where he's going to go. Let's look at the Phoenix Suns. Cameron Johnson is out with an ankle problem. Just after we established a nice run of 30-minute games for Johnson, he played more than Jay Crowder coming off the bench and now he's out for Tuesday's game. Hopefully, the gap between their next game on Friday to Friday enables him to get back, and he is worth holding. Landry Shamet looks like he's returning from COVID. He is probable to play uh, in the game on, what is it? Oh, today, Tuesday. Uh, Abdul Nader with his knee injury, just another long-term injury. Don't expect him back anytime soon. Uh, Frank Kaminsky just had some knee surgery, uh, so he's probably going to miss basically the season, You would be the guess. And then Ish Wainwright in COVID protocols, not a guy that, he was playing a little bit of a rotation role, maybe taking a little bit of those Nader minutes but not someone who's going to have too much of an impact for fantasy. Let's go to the Portland Trailblazers. At this point, the official word is that Damian Lillard will miss the next six games. That's the official word. He'll miss the next six games. Um, 
I don't expect Damian Lillard to play this season. I think you're all well aware of my thoughts on that. I think we'll get an update towards the end of this week on a uh, on word on a surgery. That could change. The, word, the expect, expectation is that he will have surgery and his season will be over. But he could go in to see this specialist. I don't know whether it's a second opinion or what it is, but he may go to see this specialist and the specialist goes, nah, you can actually play through it, which evidence would tell us that you can't. Um, but that's what they may say. Or Lillard might say, I want to gut it out. I want to play through the All-Star. I want to help my team. Whatever he might say. right? That could, that could all change. But with what I know at the moment, I am not expecting Damian Lillard to play again this season. CJ McCollum has recovered from his pneumothorax. He's out for paternity league. Let's tentatively hope that he's back, say, the 17th next Monday. But that's just all going to depend on when his baby is born. Norman Powell's out for COVID. He should be back the start of next week as well. And with McCollum Lillard... And Powell out, then we're getting a real boost to Ben McLemore, a gigantic boost for Anthony Simons, who will lose value when Powell and Simons come, uh, Powell and McCollum come back. He will lose value, but he'll still be a 12-team league player. And Larry Nance dealing with this knee inflammation, which is really helping Bob Covington and Yusuf Nurkic get some big numbers in, maybe some sell-high opportunities for both of those guys at the moment. Let's go to the Sacramento Kings. Um... Well, let's should, we should go to the Sacramento Kings, but unfortunately my screen didn't update it. Let's go now to the Sacramento Kings. Rashawn Holmes, whatever happens to this bloke, it always seems to take longer than expected. Hit in the eye, 10 years. COVID, 10-day uh, period, don't worry, you can be out for 20. I know that's not true, but he hasn't played since New Year's Eve um, after getting COVID, and we're now on the 12th of January, and he's ruled out for that game. So maybe he's back on the 14th. Hopefully he's all right. Well, he's not ruled out, so he's doubtful. So he is returning soon. I am, he was struggling massively before he got um, COVID, and I think he's worth holding. Damian Jones still out as well. He won't be back till next week, but with Holmes likely returning before him, it reduces the value there. While Tristan Thompson was a late scratch in his revenge game against the Cavs with quad soreness, and yeah, he's not going to be a big part of the rotation, I wouldn't have thought, when um, those other big men all return. The Kings, lucky they have seven centers because three of them are injured at the moment. The only team who's really got a gigantic COVID outbreak, or there's a couple that have got some COVID absences, but the Spurs. Calden Johnson, Derek White, Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott, Trey Jones, and Thad Young, but they're all really close to returning. In fact, I expect most of them to be back either Friday or Saturday this week. Um, with those guys out, you're seeing Lonnie Walker, you're seeing Josh Primo and Bryn Forbes all get short-term boosts. Jock Landau's dealing with a back injury, and with him out, and Thad Young out, um, we're seeing Devontae Kachok be an interesting deep league streamer. And then Zach Collins is still out. And again, I don't expect Zach Collins to have any impact this season. Toronto Raptors getting healthy and then two of their starters get hurt. Both Scotland Barnes and Gary Trent are still questionable for Tuesday's game. So I don't know whether they're going to play. Trent was a late scratch before Sunday's game against the Pelicans. Barnes struggled his way through the last two games and now has popped up with a knee problem. We hope everything's all right there for both of those guys. But if they're out, then Boucher gets that big bump, really significant bump. Achua gets a bit of a bump, and Mihailuk gets a little bit of a bump there also. Um, Goran Dragic will not play, I don't think, for the Raptors ever. Ever again is maybe the better phrasing. Um, On to the Jazz. Big fella. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> 
Gobert's six days are up, so he could return on Wednesday. Maybe more likely return would be Sunday. I think it would be pretty stunning to see him not play on Sunday. Or Joe Ingles, similarly, could be back on Wednesday or could be back on Sunday. Of course, if Gobert does return, that ends the Hassan Whiteside experience. If Ingles returns, it cuts Clarkson's value. Although, with Rudy Gay still in COVID protocols, Clarkson gets a little bit more of a longer-term boost there. They've got Jared Butler, Yudoka Azabuke, and Elijah Hughes all in the COVID protocols with Malik Fitz dealing with a shoulder problem. But really, it's Gay, Ingles, Gobert that are the key ones. And Gobert and Ingles could return, if not next game, the game after that on Sunday. And then lastly, let's go to the Washington Wizards and the news that Thomas Bryant is likely to be back next week. I am... Oh, we just... Actually, Jesus. All right, we'll get to this in a sec. Since I created this slide, something has changed. Um, Thomas Bryant uh, looks like he'll be back in a week from a torn ACL. As you are well aware, I do not know what they're going to do. They have three centers and Bryant, a big man coming off a torn ACL is probably the worst of the lot. So I do not think that he is worth a 12 team stash. I know he's got a great fantasy profile. There's no arguing that, but something I've been saying for a long time about Bryant is he's a guy that puts up good fantasy stats, but on a team that actually wants to go somewhere and and play good basketball, I'm not sure he's a long-term starter. And now they have two other guys who fit those roles a little bit better. Now, it could change if Harold gets traded, for sure. And Bryant could become an option. I just don't think, to me, he's a huge priority stash. Anthony Gill, he's had COVID. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> um, he looks like he is returning. But since I created this graphic, Bradley Beal has gone back into the COVID protocols. He just came out of the COVID protocols. And he's allegedly vaccinated. So I don't know what's going on there. He missed about a week earlier. And now he's back in. That is going to increase the value of Denny Avdia, Hal Neto, Kyle Kuzma, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and Spencer Dinwiddie, while Beal is out for this next week or so. So news that just has dropped now as I'm recording. So I haven't even had a chance to go and check what the actual story was. That will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.